Hi, I'm the Ish Girl, and you're listening to episode 51 of Connection Not Perfection. Welcome to Connection Not Perfection, the podcast that helps parents and teens connect using literature, laughter, and love. Hey there, I'm Amy, also known as the Ish Girl, and I am so glad that you've joined me today. Now, if you're new, welcome, and if you've been around before, I am so excited that you're back. Now, today, I'm continuing a conversation that I started in the last episode that I had with my best friend, Claudine Phillips, and that last episode just happened to be my 50th, so yay for that. Now, if you haven't already, I would definitely encourage you to go back and check it out because I shared some of my very best takeaways from the show so far. Now, today, Claudine and I are chatting about what it looks like to parent a teen who is shutting you out or one who has a rebellious attitude. Now, as I'm sure you well know, that can be the same kid, am I right? But there are really two different tactics on how to handle those different attitudes from your teen or teens. So we go back and forth over some of those strategies to try in that situation. And we also end up talking about how we really do get lots of help and support from our people and we're each other's people and we have others in our village. Um, But we get a lot of support on what it looks like to parent our teens and just kind of walking through this journey together. So I'm excited for you to get to listen to that. Now, in case you haven't listened to episode 50 yet, I want you to know that Claudine Phillips is a fabulous health consultant who helps all kinds of women through her podcast, The Claudine Phillips Show. She is a registered dietitian, a yoga instructor, and just an all-around amazing lady. I am super excited for you to get to know her. And of course, all of her info is in the show notes at theishgirl.com forward slash EP51. So I'd love for you to go and check out her work as well. Now, you're going to have to track with me here a little bit because we are starting the conversation kind of in the middle. So here we go. Raising a teenager, like there are times where I have rebellious teenagers. There are times where I have teenagers that just want to completely shut me out. And then there are teenagers that are underneath my elbows and I can't get rid of them. And so (laughs) tell me a little bit about how do I deal with the one that has shut me out? Like I cannot connect. I get the other day when I picked her up from school, there was no words. There was something like, how was your day? You know, there was just total like nose turn, you know, not talking to me. And I mean, my heart just stopped because it was one of the first times that she did that. And I was like, I have no idea how to deal with this. So tell me a little bit about how I could have managed that probably a lot better than I did. (laughs) Okay. Well, number one, I think, you know, your kid better than anyone else. So I think making sure that that's true and like figuring out who she or he is in the moment and how they're changing. Cause I think that's another big thing I hear from teens is that, um, I, I can remember specifically with my oldest where he had hated listening to music, like, which is just crazy in our family because I'm so about music and yes. so my husband and Philip and our daughter too. So it was just kind of, okay, we accept that about you and 
move on. Well, then he hit middle school and all of a sudden he liked music and he got really ticked off that we're like, oh, but you don't like music. And he's like, you don't know me at all. (laughs) (laughs) Keeping up, right? So it's changed, which it does because this is when they're changing and the brains are forming and all, all those things. So I think knowing who she is and kind of having an idea, like for me with my kids, if they get in the car, I've learned from studying them, basically, like um, one of them, if they're quiet, well, actually both of them, if they're quiet, something bad has happened at school or something hard has happened at school. Mm. And so I might like drop a, you know, drop a line out and say, hey, how was your day? Was it, you know, was everything okay? And if if they're not ready to respond, I usually don't push it. Mm. Um, And sometimes I'll just wait and try to create opportunities later on in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, to, to say, Hey, I noticed in the car that you were, you know, fill in the blank upset or mm-hmm. mad or, you know, it's, it seemed like you were the, you know, this emotion or whatever you want to talk about it and just leave it open, I think. Mm-hmm. And I think for me with my kids, sometimes peppering them with questions is the fastest way to shut them down. That is exactly what I did in the car. <laughs> I just locked it down and it was over. I was like, question, 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 question. And finally, I mean, there was just like as if she was melting into the seat. Right, right. And we have all been there. Hello. Like, she's done. Yeah. And so like for me, I will hear myself doing that and yeah. just be like, shut up, baby. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> my mouth just keeps going. Anyway. Yes. That's good yeah, advice. So let it be, let it lie. And then slowly kind of stroke the thing over time until they feel ready to open up. But do you right. ever just not ever address it? Do you, do you make it a point to say, okay, it's almost like we're going to pin this in your mind. You're thinking, I'm going to pin this and I'm going to come back to it until something comes out. So yeah, sometimes I'll put a pin in it and then forget. <laughs> like honestly, <laughs> I will totally, like, I'll be in bed at night going, oh man, go <laughs> back on that one. But usually, you know, by dinner time, it might be a totally different situation, you know, like yeah. they're all smiles and happy again or whatever. So you just you know, and, yeah. and at that point, I may or may not go back, just kind of depending. Yeah. Transitioning from going from this middle schooler and even elementary school kid that totally told you everything, you yeah. know, to going from protecting their privacy, how far do we go? And I remember specifically a conversation you and I had, and you were saying, I just want to know. And I said, maybe that this is something that is, isn't for you to know at this moment, yes. maybe later. And then you, is it, you told me you were like, oh my gosh, it's like a weight had lifted off of me. And it was only advice that I was giving back to you that you had given to me. Ugh, I don't know. Like that. a year before that. And right. so yeah, sometimes we have to be okay with not knowing. And I think that's the hardest yes. part in transitioning into teenage years. Right. And knowing when it's okay to not know. I will say this though, just kind of in thinking through things, this popped into my head. I do know that one of my kiddos, sometimes like I'll ask a question like, how was your day or how are you doing or whatever? And they just don't answer at all. And that is a, that, that can set me off. (laughs) Like it's 
so infuriating. Why? Does and rage I, happen to describe that just a little bit? I don't know why, but rage. I feel like inside I'll be like, you are not responding to me. <laughs> not, I mean, it's ridiculous. How rude. Like, <laughs> so I have said that. Like, I have said, okay, I get if you don't want to talk right now, and that is okay, but you can't just not answer. You have to be respectful and say, hey, I really don't want to talk right now. Can we come back to it? Or I'll come back to you later on. And then you have to follow through on that. Like, if you tell me you're going to come back later on, come back later on. That's yeah. hard to follow yeah. through. Yeah. Yeah. Hashtag yeah. parenting. What about the opposite? What about a rebellious kid? who is just doing everything to get your attention, to get you, you know, get some, get some kind of reaction out of you. Like they're doing everything the opposite that they were taught to do. What do you do with that? So I think number one, cause my first response in a situation like that is what have I done wrong? Why are they acting like that? Why are they making those choices? So to me, the first thing to do is take a step back and say, okay, I'm letting myself off the hook. Like they're old enough that they are making their own choices right now. So taking a step back and saying, okay, for me, because I, I had not so much rebellious actions as a rebellious heart, kind of in a smart mouth when I was growing up. Mm -hmm. and so, and so I know what that feels like. And I know what I perceived from my parents as being like kind of pushing me and having pushback on me. So I try to think, in my situation, like, am I providing, am I put, is there a place where I am creating a, a push where they have feel like they have to push back? Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes the answer is yes. And, and that's okay. Like I have to set this boundary. Like this mm -hmm. is important. These line up with our values. Sometimes it's a no, like I don't have to have this wall there. Like no, <laughs> one of them right now for us, um, that I have just completely let go of, even though it drives me crazy and that's okay, is facial hair and maintaining that <laughs> in a way that I find acceptable. <laughs> that's awesome. And hygienic, <laughs> you know, which yeah. I know that's a little bit snarky. But really, no, it's not because you're driving them around in your car. You are locked in that car. <laughs> oh, oh, not so much like smells or anything like that. I don't want to imply that, but just like the, the scruffy. Look oh, okay. Facial hair. And so I've really tried to take a step back because for me, like hair, like I was all about like, if my kid wants to like dye their hair or chop it off or make it purple or pink, we're all over that because we're cool parents. Right? <laughs> But then I realized like, oh, no, I'm not really that cool because the whole facial hair thing sends me over the edge. But that is not a hill that I'm going to die on. That is not something that I want to create a situation where I have a kid who's only growing facial hair because mom and dad don't want me to grow facial hair. You know, that rebellious spirit. So just kind of pulling back on that and saying, you know, like removing, like there's nothing to rebel against, right? Like removing that from it. Now, when it is something like whether it's a boundary like curfew or things like that, I think it's going to depend on the kid. And um, something I, I think I've talked about on a previous show is figuring out the currency, like what is it that's really going to help them feel a consequence or, or whether natural or whatever, but a way to help them understand the impact of their choices. Right. I like your, you. I've, I've heard you say, 
it's not a hill I'm willing to die on. It depends on the kid and what's their currency. Right, right. And those are the three things that I think holding on to when you are working through a rebellious kid, I could definitely, I have a rebellious kid and I have a very compliant, Yes. I'm going to shut you out if I'm upset kid. And yeah. so I have both. And so it's interesting to be able to like, you really like, it's incredible being a parent, how many hats you have to wear. And if you want to be engaged with your kid, you really have to learn about a lot about yourself. And what am I willing to die? You know, if, what am I willing to go into or just pull back from and what's important right. how you, and how you do that is because you know, the kid, mm-hmm. and the last thing is, I know their currency too, and we need to talk about this. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, exactly. exactly. I grew up in a home that it was one rule for all of us. It was one way for all of us. And I found that very crushing for all of us because one way expressed in one way, the other, and there was three of us, and we all expressed ourselves in very different ways. And so this rule didn't work for this one, and this rule didn't work for that one. And so it was, it was a lot of turmoil in, in a sense. And I think that's also just indicative of being in the, growing up in the 80s too. And I think we're so blessed to be able to have people like you that are coming into our world and be able to tell us freedom in choosing what's best for each kid. Well, and I think there are a lot of resources out there that do that. But for me, what it is, is I think it's a shift from having rules versus having values that you are able to be very deliberate and intentional about. Because I think having a value means that when a situation comes up where maybe, you know, it falls in between the cracks of a rule, then your kids and you still have a kind of a a guidepost to stand next to. Does that, you know, yeah, because it's not so much about like following the rule as it is being the kind of person, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's good. We need to, we haven't done this as a family, but it makes me think about how we do need to, I mean, we kind of have these universal values and, and ideas, but we don't have anything like, that we all like Shad and I have sat down and gone, okay, this is what we believe in as a family. Um, and for our, our kids to be able, I mean, they, they know certain big, big morals that we stand on, but I don't know if we really have like, you know, some people have those printables that are out there that said, this is what our family values are. Yes. Thank you so much for setting that up so well. (laughs) Do anything like that. (laughs) Yeah. Let me just kick that soccer ball right into the goal there. (laughs) So yeah, that is actually something that I'm working on. um, That is going to be a resource is kind of, you know, I haven't decided what name to land on with it yet, but, but just that whole idea of what happens. um, Because I think we all, you know, we're all such different people. And so when you are co-parenting with someone, whether it's a spouse or an ex or whoever it is, if you're co-parenting, you're going to have two very different viewpoints. And so really being able to come together and talk about what do you believe about certain things and what do you never want to do as, as a part of your discipline plan and what kind of spiritual values do you have or not have? Um, how are you going to talk to kids about sex? How are you going to cultivate like traditions and things like that? So all those things, either really being able to define them for yourself, if you're a single parent or whatever, or 
sit down and work on that with someone you're co-parenting with. Mm -hmm. I, I think like once your kids reach the teenage years, I think it's so much harder because even in couples where maybe like as the kids were little and growing up, maybe one of the parents took the lead and said, okay, here's, here's what I think, here's what I've been reading, blah, blah, blah. And mm -hmm. here's how I think we should deal with these issues with our kids. Mm -hmm. You may have even, you know, you might have had that level of communication when your kids were little, but when kids hit those teenage years, I feel like somehow lots of stuff gets stirred up in yourself. Like you really start thinking about how you were raised and how your parents did things. And I think a lot of times our knee-jerk reaction is either we want to be completely opposite or we want to try to completely recreate. And I don't think either one of those options is necessarily healthy. I think what's healthy is figuring out what you want your family to look like, exactly like what you were just saying. Like, what do I want this to look like? What is healthy, good, loving? What values do we have? All those kinds of things. So I feel like Shad and I are more of a team than we've ever been on parenting. Because yeah. there's a lot of talk before the talk or the action or whatever. Whereas when I had a baby and a toddler, it was so much easier to read the book and implement, right? <laughs> <laughs> but now it's fine yeah. that support me like you. You support me and my parenting, my team. But then it's going back to my spouse and going, okay, this is what I'm learning. What do you think about that? And it's exactly what you're saying. Well, that's not how I was parented when I was a teen, but I would have liked it to be done this way a little better. You know, so it's like we both have to sit there and talk about it before we can actually go... <laughs> Right. Because when you're not on the same page, like, oh my gosh, kids exploit that. Like they, oh, yeah. they figure that out in a split second and they mm -hmm. leverage that for their own benefits just brilliantly. <laughs> like they are brilliant. They're smart. Strategists, I would say. Yeah. And I, and I think the other piece to what you're just saying is when our kids are little, it's really just like you and your co-parent and then you're, you're trying these things out on your kids to see what works. But I feel like with teens, there's, they're the third element there. Like they're, they're a part of that process because they, they see what you're doing. Mm -hmm. They have opinions on what's happening. Mm -hmm. They have their own mm -hmm. idea of what, how they want things to go. Like, <laughs> yeah, just, and that's what makes it harder. And that's what, like what you're talking about doing, I think is so smart that you and Shad get together and have conversations and talk about things and, and strategize before going to your kids with something. And I don't know, like, like I know I myself haven't always done that. Like Philip and I might be having a spur of the moment conversation that I'm thinking, Oh man, like we really should have talked about this beforehand. Yeah. And some people might not ever, you know, that might not occur to them to right. the talk beforehand. So I think knowing to do that ahead of time really sets you up for a better success rate or connection rate. But you're the setup. And that's what I think was, is so great about your podcast is because you're the setup for parents. You're the one who says, okay, here's this book or here's this resource. Okay, yeah. And you set us up to be able to go. So I know the project, I personally know the project you're working on right now, which is going to be phenomenal. And I cannot wait for it to be launched out into this world. Um, but it's, it's such a great set up 
to be the best parent you can be to your teen and teacher to be to your teens and to connect. And that is, that is just what you do. That's what your mission is. And it's beautiful. You're always thinking about it. You're always trying to make it about the best way possible. It's almost like if we can just take an aerial approach to our teen moments, yeah. <laughs> when they're in that place, whatever it is, and it's not about us, it's about them and the connection, right. then we can, we can hit a home run. We can stay the course and it can actually be a fun time versus a terrible time because I'm actually having more fun with my team than I thought I ever would because of all the terrible stories I heard about raising teams, you know right. like I'm having a blast like even today I told them I'm like you know 90% of the time you guys are so fun it's just that 10% <laughs> is killing me right now because they were fighting and they were like ah oh, mom right <laughs> Well, and, and two, for me, like, I think, yes, like I have so much fun with my kiddos, but there are those times when it is grueling and hard. And again, going back to, like, I know I've done episodes about having your village and I know having someone like, you know, your person, like, you, you know, you're my person, having someone who you can bounce things off of, who's going to be honest with you about like, like what you said a few minutes ago, like, Hey, you don't have to know everything, Amy, like you can let it go. You don't have to know exactly what's going on. You can just wait and kind of let it evolve and see what happens. Mm -hmm. Having that kind of person who you can vent to, but who still like, this is what I love. Like, I know that you still adore my kids, no matter how they're acting or what I tell you about. And you know that I still adore your kids mm -hmm. the same way. So mm -hmm. it's just kind of, you know, going through the trenches. And we've also known each other for 12, 13 years. Our friendship started a while ago. So it's taken us this time to get to this place. We've seen our kids grow up together. You know, we've seen just the development of both our kids as well as our parenting styles and then our own personal journey. So we can speak into each other's lives in that way. Right. I think because we have a history of um, kind of gradually becoming more and more vulnerable with each other and trusting one another. I think you're right. Like, I think that's been a huge part of things and why we can speak into each other's lives the way we can right now. And I can receive it from you yes. better than I can from others. Oh, I can't tell you how many times I talk to Shad. I'm like, I just need to talk to Amy about this. <laughs> it's like, good idea. That's a good yeah. idea. Because <laughs> I could take Same. it from you way better than I could take it from And I just have to throw this out there to you. Claudine and I were able to do a really great working trip a few weeks ago. We went to um, Arizona and hung out there and did a lot of work. So thank you for all the help that you gave me on that trip. Oh, yeah, that's so good. I highly recommend that because we try to get together once a year. Right. And the last time we got together, we were on a beach, which was amazing. And I think, yes. I think we did more beach things than we did work. Right. And this trip, we had so many goals and so much drive because we were way more fo focused than we were the, that last trip, which, right. Yeah. right. Well, we've gotten some traction, I think, and yeah. knew what we wanted to do and how to do it a little bit better. But yeah, it was really great. All right. Thank you, friend. I appreciate you so, so much. Okay. Again, thank you. Thank you, sweet friend, for sharing your time with me and with my audience and for the great conversation that we were able to have. 
Now, just to recap a bit, I wanted to go over those strategies again to connect with maybe a teen who's shutting you out or with a rebellious teen. So we're going to hit those ones for a teen who is really shutting you out of what they're thinking and feeling and all that kind of stuff first. So number one, you need to know your kid better than anyone else and recognize how they've changed. You need to know their tells and respond accordingly. You need to be willing to wait and also to try to create opportunities later on after the fact, maybe not right in the heat of the moment. And also it's probably good practice to not pepper them with questions. It might shut them down even further. And also if you don't remember to go back to it later on, like maybe you have paused and thought, oh, I'll go talk to him later on and you don't remember to do that, have grace with yourself because we've all been there. And remember, it is okay to set boundaries about what it looks like to communicate when you don't want to talk and to teach your teen what it looks like to do that in a respectful and kind way to just be able to say, hey, I I don't want to talk right now. All right. So now here are the strategies to connect with a rebellious teen. Now, number one, you got to let yourself off the hook. And Also, you want to take a step back and look at the bigger picture. And then also ask yourself if you're creating a pushback scenario or place where maybe sometimes it is a yes and you have to hold your boundary, or maybe it's a no and this isn't a hill you're willing to die on. And so you can back off from it a little bit. And then also remember that it really depends on the kid. You've got to figure out their currency. What is it that's going to best help them understand the impact of their actions? And how can you leverage that to help you in your situation? Okay, friends, I hope that this has been super helpful for you. And I also hope that you are building an amazing village with your people too. And I have to say, even if your village is not full of people who you've known for over a decade, like I think that's something really um, maybe rare and unique that I have with my friend Claudine, just take heart because I'm going to challenge you to reach out and cultivate your own community, maybe with people you haven't known that long, because we are all in this together, right? And it really does make a difference to have a supportive community around you. And if you are looking for that, I would also encourage you to join my community, the Connection Not Perfection Facebook group. I will have a link to that, or I do have a link to that in my show notes. I would love for you to join me there, and I will be watching for you there. Now, if you are in the trenches of parenting your teens, I am positive that you know others who are in there with you. And if you have found connection, not perfection, to be any kind of helpful or any kind of encouragement to you in any way at all, I would like for you to think about three friends who maybe need that same kind of encouragement or help. And this week, I'm going to challenge you to just shoot a text to them and tell them about the podcast and recommend that to them because it is a hard season when we're parenting teens and we do all need community. Okay, until next week, from an ish girl who cannot wait to decide on next year's getaway destination with my BFF Claudine, it is all about connection, not perfection.